Hi, everyone. For this episode, it's going to be a little different. I'm actually uh, bringing an interview of me into this podcast. So this is an interview from 2000. I wanted to share it because it's it's going to give a little insight for those who, I guess, want it in terms of the uh, TapeCon. You know, first, we're going to talk about the kind of the ecosystem of where TapeCon is located here in Buffalo, New York. Overview of TapeCon, past present future. We're going to deep dive into some discussions on our capabilities in the printing and converting uh, space and some of those technologies, uh, market and customer uh, segments that we're serving, workforce development uh, challenges that we're facing and how we're dealing with them and, and how we're kind of overcoming some of those challenges. A little bit uh, on the TapeCon culture. We're going to talk about the vision of uh, where TapeCon's heading in the future. So Kind of uh, an inside-out podcast where I'm on the I'm on the on the interviewee this time, and uh, just thought I'd give a different perspective. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, without further ado, here's my interview from Fuse Hub, which is a New York State-based uh, manufacturing support organization, interviewing me in 2019. Thanks and enjoy. Welcome to New York State Manufacturing Now. I'm your host, Steve Melito. We're here in Western New York today with Steve Davis of TapeCon. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think this is the first time we've been in Western New York to do one of these, and I was wondering if you could give us an idea of the ecosystem out here for manufacturers who do a lot in the medical device industry. Is this a growth segment for you? For us, it is, for sure. And I'd say in Western New York in general, there's a pretty strong ecosystem. We've got and a lot of really um, growth in terms of people getting more engaged. And I think things like workforce development challenges and whatnot are kind of getting people maybe outside of the office a little bit more than inside to kind of go and try to find solutions to address any constraints to growth and things like that. There's a good cluster network of various manufacturers and trade associations that are pretty active here. So overall, long history and culture of manufacturing in the region. So a lot to kind of build on. And of course, we're really here to talk about TapeCon. So if you would, can you give us an overview of what TapeCon is about, what you do, why you do it, what makes you tick? Jeez, that's a lot. That was a lot of questions at it once. Was. I mean, it's been really fun. Last Friday, we celebrated our 100th year in business. So we had our 100 year anniversary party and what a blast. Had all the employees and some partners together and just kind of celebrated 100 years. So we're a family owned company. My brothers and I are the fifth generation now um, taking over the family business. So we've had a long history since 1919 of being born in Buffalo and manufacturing product in Buffalo. But it's been, you know, pretty crazy evolution. You know, we, we started off as a uh, company that had a patented mechanical sign-changing machine in which we would print an imagery on the sign-changing machine and then sell the machine. But over time, we pivoted into being an industrial printer and then really around the mid-40s. And then since then, it's been a constant evolution of incorporating various technologies um, in our manufacturing process. But to take a step back, we're a contract manufacturer, so we serve brand owners to make them more competitive in the marketplace through allowing them outsourced manufacturing solutions. And those solutions are primarily specialized printing um, and converting technologies on 
generally flexible materials, but we'll manufacture products including printed indicators for the medical device or healthcare industry, as well as different user interface solutions for like industrial equipment or electronic equipment. So we're serving the OEM market there, the original equipment manufacturer market, and um, custom converted solutions. So different components of performance materials that are flexible in nature with various die cutting or slitting or cutting type of capability. And mixing and matching our printing and converting capability, we can be a one-stop shop for a brand owner for a single-use disposable product, including the custom packaging, uh, to launch that product into the marketplace on their behalf. So do you consider yourself to be an electronic contract manufacturer, a medical device manufacturer, both, maybe something else? Is there a shorthand way that you would... Yeah, all of that. it's really tough to self-identify in a particular silo like that because we have such a broad range of capability. You know, when you talk about electronics manufacturing, really where we are is coming from the flexible hybrid electronics space. So we're not rigid, you know, printed circuit board. In essence, we're, we're coming from more of the flexible printed electronics side. So we're printing functional materials like silver, carbon, um, coppers onto flexible substrates to make various electronic design configurations, but in a flexible format, not a rigid format. So, you know, that's one core kind of capability. But then on the healthcare side, though, our facility is medical device compliant also. So we're producing a lot of, I guess, single-use, disposable, class one, and in some cases, class two medical devices, but generally, though, using that printing and converting form factor. So to be a class one medical device manufacturer, do you have to have certain certifications or comply with different standards? Yeah, I mean, it's all FDA at at the end of the day, but our ISO registrations, we have two 9001 in the new 2015 standard, and then we are ISO 1345 in the latest standard also. So both of those ISO registrations really put us in a position to serve uh, brand owners in in the OEM market, both on the medical device side as well as the industrial side. And industrial is kind of a big catch-all. You know, we have some aerospace application um, and, and some various little niche markets that we're serving. And are most of your clients in New York State, or are they national, maybe even international? All of the, I'll say, bill-to addresses are national, so our primary customer base is in the States. However, our ship-to addresses can go international because, you know, they have various locations and we're we're shipping into those various locations. But future-wise, you know, as as that national base looks to um, be more globally competitive and get a footprint in other international markets, we are looking at establishing relationships throughout the globe so that we can offer manufacturing localization support in the market locations that they want to expand. So it sounds like you're on a path for growth. What are some constraints to that growth? Is workforce a challenge? Workforce is absolutely a challenge. It's going to continue to be a challenge. I think it's our single most largest constraint when it comes to uh, growth. You know, if we're going to forecast growth, when I look at constraints, it's probably number one. So, you know, obviously we're doing a variety of things to get ahead of that and not have it hurt us. Okay, good. And earlier we talked about you're working with some local schools, so you're making an effort to get out there and do that. Is there any advice you'd have for other companies that are struggling with the workforce? And believe me, there are many. Well, I mean, geez, get out there and talk. One of our core values is connect and collaborate. So I like to think that that core value is almost our best salesperson and just best representation of our company because whether you're on the management team or in the, you know, just a employee in the factory or wherever at TapeCon, I feel like every 
everyone is out uh, meeting people and finding opportunities. If people are willing to go out and collaborate, then there are plenty of resources and training centers looking for those industry partners. So, you know, if someone has a workforce development problem and their solution is to wait for that problem to go away or to have someone else solve that problem for them, I think their head's in the clouds. And it really starts, I think, getting outside and meeting those people that are making an impact and aligning your business strategy to the business strategies of people like that are involved in training centers or other type of institutions. So in terms of workforce, you are a well-established company. You've been around for years. Fifth generation, that's remarkable. Oftentimes, companies don't get past the third. So there have been many, I guess, cultural changes over the years with the company. What's the culture like now? Tell me more. You talked about collaboration a little bit. What are some of the values? That's an exciting thing for me to talk about. I took over as president in 2015, and it's been, a, I would say, a rediscovery. I'd say that there's been longstanding tenants of the culture here, but I think that in 2015, we took a step back and rediscovered them, maybe a little bit more deeper. And so it involved 100% survey of one-on-one conversations with all of our employees where we started to kind of uncover what makes us tick. And so really there's four key areas. One is around learning as a lifestyle where throughout everything in our organization, there's always some type of learning component. There's an improve it spirit in our company. It's where we fit. You know, in, in, in the ecosystem of a contract manufacturer, you know, you're serving the needs of a brand owner and things move fast around here. So, and you need to improve things pretty fast. So um, that's another core leg of the stool. Connecting and collaborating, I already mentioned about both inside and outside the organization. And then we have a core value called embrace the challenge, which is really about just having, I guess, a sense of grit to some of the challenges that can come in every day because our customers' challenges at the end of the day are our challenges. So just embracing that and dealing with it. So those those four, I guess, core values of, are, are really driving um, how we act toward each other inside the organization, how we're interacting with customers and, and various things. So it's been a lot of fun going through that process, rediscovering that, because I think it's created a new sense of excitement here in the past few years. So you mentioned customer challenges and they become your challenges. Do you work with startups? We'll work with everybody, right? So yeah, we do. Obviously, there's a different process to, I think, vet the, um, I don't want to say feasibility, but really kind of vet the partnership and whether that's a good partnership to engage in. There's some different questions to ask and different discovery. But yes, we do work with startups. And are there particular qualities that you look for? For example, some contract manufacturers will tell us we only work with startups depending on who's their board or who their advisors are. Do you look at those type of things? Yeah, you do. I mean, I think first and foremost, you look at the leadership. You know, I always like to understand um, the background of the leadership and kind of what's driving them. And funding obviously helps, you know, but again, the, you can tell a lot by the leadership and where that's going to go. And, um, you know, frankly, at the startup phase, I also like to have a good understanding of what the value proposition and the customer segments that they're looking to serve because they're early stage in, I guess, their business model canvas or whatever you want to call that. But so uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of verification and validation a little bit also in the early stage in terms of whether or not you feel their business model is going to be successful. So a lot going on at TapeCon. Where do you want to be in five years? We do have that written down. Okay. So um, a lot of it is centered around growth, but not growth for the sake of growth because you know we're a family business and it's not like we're trying to you know raise our top line to get better valuation and sell or anything like that. It's really, we feel that we can be a more profitable company if we can raise our top line. That's what's driving growth. But the growth 
where where that growth is going to come from is absolutely going to come from the healthcare space. It's absolutely going to come from, I'll say, the performance products or using um, the Internet of Things and smart materials to really take brand owner designs and offer you know the latest in material technology and some of the manufacturing technologies to make those products you know more durable, lighter, easier to build. So there's some assembly solutions options for us in the future, and just a variety of product enhancement challenges that we can help the brand owner through and be a part of their success, which will in turn be our success. So I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. Do you see yourself as sort of being in terms of flexible hybrid circuits like a Jable of the Northeast or of the U.S. Maybe of the world? <laughs> well, considering Jable. Jable is a you know multinational global company. I think in the billions in revenue, that'd be a nice goal to aspire to. Um, I guess without sacrificing you know what we stand for and our core ideology, and I guess the family business vibe here. Um, there's definitely aspirations to play a larger role beyond just being a manufacturer of someone's product, but to actually help our brand owner customers in their new product introduction process, all the way back to their ideation when they are looking at their feasibility of their design, and then as they get to scale up and launch, but really not just be part of the scale up and launch portion of their new product introduction process, but but actually offer up ideation and some um, partnership in terms of helping them get more creative and how they can be more competitive in the marketplace. And so I, I envision a service offering in addition to our manufacturing services to help brand owners get through that new product introduction process faster and have better products at the back end of that new product introduction process. That's excellent. So is there anything else you'd like us to know about TapeCon? This is your chance to to just lay anything out there that you'd like. Oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, locally here in Larkinville, we're the oldest tenant in the entire Larkinville neighborhood. It's This neighborhood's been around for a long time. And of course, it used to be an old soap factory, uh, which eventually, you know, went out of business. But TapeCon's kind of um, was one of the first to move into this space when it was vacant. So we've been here since 1949. And so we are the oldest tenant in the entire Larkinville district, which we're really proud of, even though our, our initial factory was actually located down by Canal Side. So where you can go ice skating down in the city of Buffalo, you know, stone's throw away, kind of near Pearl Street Brewery, like between Pearl Street Brewery and Canal Side is where our original factory was was from 1919 to the 40s. And so, you know, geez, I should go maybe stick a plaque in the ground or something to put it there if someone will let me do that. But um, I guess uh, some people don't know maybe how far the history really goes back and I guess the commitment we've had to the city of Buffalo and how we've been part of the revitalization of Larkinville. It's a great story. Thank you for sharing all of it with us. And we're here with Steve Davis of TapeCon. And as we wrap up this podcast, I just want to remind our listeners that if you are a small to medium-sized manufacturer in New York, an inventor, an entrepreneur, FuseHub is ready, willing, and able to help you. The best way to get started is to go to our website. It's www.fusehub.com. And once you're there, look for the solutions program menu. And then you're going to look for a contact us form on that menu to submit a request for assistance. And then within 24 hours, you will hear back from someone on the FuseHub team. And we'll try to figure out how New York State can help you grow and thrive. So on behalf of New York State Manufacturing Now, I'm your host, Steve Melito. Thanks for listening.